Hare Krishna everyone, so we are continuing chapter number 9, Decreasing the Fever of Illusion, in the book called Teachings of Queen Kunti, by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And this is Shravanam Diaries Podcast, I'm your host Sulalita Devi Dasi, and yesterday we stopped at the idea that... Mm, that everything belongs to God. This is merely an extension of the same philosophy and to understand it one needs a little intelligence. So, why should one think that his state belongs to only a small number of people? In fact, this is all the property of God and every living entity has a right to use this property because every living being is a child of God, who is the Supreme Father. In Bhagavad Gita 14.4, Lord Krishna says, Sarva yoni aham bija pradahpita. Quote, I am the seed-giving father of all living entities. In whatever forms they may live, all living entities are my sons." Unquote. We living entities are all sons of God, but we have forgotten this, and therefore we are fighting. In a happy family, all the sons know, Father is supplying food to all of us, we are brothers, so why should we fight? Similarly, if we become Krishna-conscious, Krishna-conscious, God-conscious, the fighting in the world will come to an end. I am American, I am Indian, I am Russian, I am Chinese, and all these nonsensical designations will be finished. The Krishna-consciousness movement is so purifying that as soon as people become Krishna conscious, their political and national fighting will immediately be over, because they will come to their real consciousness and understand that everything belongs to God. The children in the family all have the right to accept privileges from the father. Similarly. If everyone is part and parcel of God, if everyone is a child of God, then everyone has the right to use the property of the Father. That right does not belong only to the human beings. Rather, according to Bhagavad Gita, that right belongs to all living entities. Hello. Regardless of whether they are in the bodies of human beings, animals, trees, birds, beasts, insects, and whatever. This is Krishna Consciousness. In Krishna Consciousness we do not think, my brother is good and I am good, but all others are bad. This is the kind of narrow, cripple consciousness we reject. 
Rather, in Krishna consciousness, we look equally toward all living entities. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 5.18, Vidya Vinaya Sampanne Brahmanega Vihastini Shuni Chaiva Shvapakecha Panditah Samadarshanah. Quote The humble sage, by virtue of true knowledge, sees with equal vision a learned and gentle Brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog-eater, outcast." Unquote. One who is a Pandita, one who is learned, sees all living entities to be on an equal level. Therefore, because a Vaishnava or devotee is learned, he is compassionate. Lokanam hita karinao. Karinao. Lokanam. Lokanam hita karinao. And he can work in such a way as to actually benefit humanity. That's so beautiful, actually. Devotees are actually pure devotees, like Krishna conscious devotees, they're actually benefiting humanity. They have that real sense of equality, understanding that everything belongs to God, that compassion and kindness that naturally goes with it. So, a Vaishnava, continuing, a Vaishnava feels and actually sees that all living entities are part and parcel of God and that somehow or other they have fallen into contact with this material world and have assumed different types of bodies according to different karma. Those who are learned Pandita do not discriminate. They do not say, this is an animal, so why should it be, why should it be? So it should be. It should be sent to the slaughterhouse so that a man may eat it. No! Why should the animals be slaughtered? A person who is actually Krishna conscious is kind to everyone. Therefore, one tenet of our philosophy is no meat eating. Of course, people may not accept this. They will say, oh, what is this nonsense? Meat is our food. Why should we not eat it? Because they are intoxicated rascals. Edhamana Mada. They will not hear the real facts. But just consider, if a poor man is lying helpless in the street, can I kill him? Will the state excuse me? I may say, I have only killed a poor man, there was no need for him in society, why should such a person live? But will the state excuse me? Will the authorities say, you have done very nice work. No, the poor man is also a citizen of the state. 
and the state cannot allow him to be killed. Now, why not expand this philosophy? The trees, the birds and the beasts are also sons of God. If one kills them, one is as guilty as one who kills a poor man on the street. In God's eyes, or even in the vision of a learned man, there is no discrimination between poor and rich, black and white, no. Every living entity is part and parcel of God, and because a Vaishnava sees this, he is the only true benefactor of all living entities. A Vaishnava tries to elevate all living beings to a platform of Krishna consciousness. A Vaishnava does not see here is an Indian and there is an American. Someone once asked me, why have you come to America? But why should I not come? I am a servant of God and this is the kingdom of God, so why should I not come? To hinder the movements of a devotee is artificial, and one who does so commits a sinful act. Just as a policeman may enter a house without trespassing, a servant has the right to go anywhere, because everything belongs to God. We have to see things in this way, as they are. That is Krishna Consciousness. Now, Kunti Devi says that those who are increasing their own intoxication cannot become Krishna Conscious. A fully intoxicated person may talk nonsense, but, and he may be told, My dear brother, you are talking nonsense. Just see, here is your father and here is your mother. But because he is intoxicated, he will not understand, nor will he even care to understand. Similarly, if a devotee tries to show a materially intoxicated rascal, here is God, the rascal will not be able to understand it. Therefore, Kunti Devi says, indicating that to be free from the intoxication caused by high birth, opulence, education, and beauty is a good qualification. Nonetheless, when one becomes Krishna conscious, the same material assets can be used for the service of Krishna. For example, the Americans who have joined the Krishna Consciousness movement were materially intoxicated before they became devotees. But now that their intoxication is over, their material assets have become spiritual assets that may be helpful in furthering the service of Krishna. For example, when these American devotees go to India 
the Indian people are surprised to see that Americans have become so mad after God. Many Indians strive to imitate the materialistic life of the West. But when they see Americans dancing in Krishna consciousness, then they realize that this is what is actually worthy of being followed. Everything can be used in the service of Krishna. If one remains intoxicated and does not use one's material assets for the service of Krishna, they are not very valuable. But, but if one can use them for the service of Krishna, they become extremely valuable. To give an example, zero has no value. But as soon as the digit one is placed before the zero, the zero immediately becomes ten. If there are two zeros, they become one hundred and three zeros become one thousand. Similarly, we are intoxicated by material assets that are actually no better than zero. But as soon as we add Krishna, these tens and hundreds and thousands and millions of zeros become extremely valuable. The Krishna consciousness movement Therefore, offers a great opportunity to the people of the West. They have an overabundance of the zeros in materialistic life. And if they simply add Krishna, their life will become sublimely valuable. Jai, we have completed this chapter and tomorrow we shall... Uh, read the next chapter entitled The Property of the Impoverished. Just to kind of say few words about the previous chapter is that Srila um, Prabhupada is speaking on this point back in the 60s and right now it's actually more common that there are very few people relatively few people who are actually intoxicated by material assets and the majority are actually frustrated, depressed, lost, misguided, bewildered, having an existential crisis and so on and right now, at least from what I can observe, either people are so materially intoxicated that it's just crazy or people are so materially exhausted that just they don't see the point in life but in both cases the solution is actually to add Krishna to add God in their life and then no matter how no matter what one's position is then if one has some so-called valuable material assets which have actually no value <laughs> on their own he turns them into spiritual assets and if one doesn't have any material assets then he actually gains more because he doesn't have material assets as it is but now he has spiritual assets which are 
<laughs> infinitely more valuable than anything one has ever wanted to have. So it's the time of great, great opportunity for both the camps to actually mm, turn their attention towards Krishna consciousness and how Prabhupada says life will become sublimely valuable. So thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.